It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks dive bar style podcast of and about the seattle mirrors that you were listening to on the free odyssey app hey wherever else you're getting that podcast action from this i'm not going to judge you as long as you are liking subscribing and enjoying the rye bread and mustard a mariners podcast and those feelings go as well for our youtube page also if you had not said hello to us yet Hit us up on the socials. We're talking Facebook. We're talking Instagram. We're talking Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. We're we're okay with that. Also, if you've seen the gear, maybe you've seen the gear down here in uh, Oakland, Alameda. Maybe you've seen the T-Mobile. Maybe you've seen it wherever else the rye bread and mustard and Mariners listeners are in the stadiums or in the bars. You can hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy to get your rye bread and mustard gear. Anyways, that's all the house cleaning we got going on today. We're going to jump right into this. I'm recording this from the Radisson Hotel right across the street, right across the bar, I should say, from Oakland Alameda Stadium where the Mariners just conducted a must-needed backs against the wall. You got to get this sweep against the Oakland A's. And with me to talk about this and break it all down, up in Edmonds, up in the stat department, we got Hanno up in Edmonds. What's up? How you doing, my man? I am doing pretty good. We got three games. Uh, last year, I came to this series at the end of the year, and we, uh, I believe, won the last game out of four. I believe we almost got a, a, a four-game sweep on us or a three-game sweep on us. We got to look at it. Mariners look good. They look very charged. I was very close to the dugout during this game, during the series, I should say. They looked pretty focused. There wasn't a lot of hanging out afterwards. Um, the team looked ready to go. Go time faces. I think they got some humble pie up there versus the Dodgers like we talked about. So how am I doing after seeing that? I am doing fabulous. Yeah, I got to agree with you. What a difference uh, in two series. I call it the get right series. The Mariners got right and quite a few players 
uh, got their confidence going and were hitting the ball of the yard. I mean, we had Cabby going yard and Canzone, Julio doing his thing, big dumper. A lot of guys had good series, good defense. JK was a couple hits and RBIs just to kind of go over everything. But yeah, get right series, major difference from facing one of the best teams in the league and the Dodgers to a triple A team in Oakland. But got to feel good after that series i mean they looked good they played good they did what they had to do and that and that's important well, yeah I mean, you've seen the oakland a's we talked about this and anybody that follows and has been following the pennant race going on oakland a's have been a thorn in people's side not as much as maybe let's say the kansas city royals but we've seen oakland a's you know take on houston and help us out they've helped us out and the last time that we played Oakland in Seattle, those were very close games. They got one of them. Uh, they started breaking out all their left-handers on us, kind of, I felt at the time, exposed us. Mariners come in here and, what, we outscore them, what, 18-5 to five in this series? Bullpen got rest. Uh, we saw Munoz pitch here in game three. We saw Brash pitch in game two. Definitely needed to get out there and, and stretch out. But with a day off tomorrow, these guys did not get used. They're going into the Texas series in this last 10-game stretch. I would think pretty well-rested. And also going off of that, if we go back to that 11-inning uh, game with the Dodgers late in the game earlier in the 8th, ninth, in those innings, we saw Munoz and we saw Brash and we saw our bullpen be pretty productive in those series. And then you can continue that on here in this series. I think they're in a good place, probably emotionally, mentally, and all that. Yeah, they have to be, uh, like I said, uh, got some big hits guys got, got right. Uh, the defense was fantastic. The only kind of thing that made you nervous the whole series was in game three, when Julio got hit on the hand, uh, he was able to continue, but got x-rays after and, uh, all is good, but that was a scary moment. But other than that, the Mariners were in control throughout uh, the whole series. You're going to give them confidence going into their next series and their next 10 final games here of the 2023 season looking for a playoff spot. Yeah, and you, you talk about Julio getting hit. That was scary, and literally there was a hush in the crowd because at least half of the people there – we're Mariners fans. It was very quiet. You actually heard the ball hit him. You heard him gasp and yell, fuck. And it was like, whoa, you know, like, cause it's very empty. So you, obviously if you're watching on TV, you're hearing the hot mic. So maybe you pick that up. There's none of that crown ambiance there in, in Oakland. It was, it felt like when the trainers and Scott were out there, it felt like it was forever. And then Julio carries on to first base and is in his very next at bat crushes one to right center. We have that on our Twitter. We have that on our Instagram. I happened to have the camera rolling at the right point and he came back in. And when he held up that Triton, it just felt like, okay, we're all good. Uh, I did see him get really excited when Cal hit that home run. So it's good to hear that x-rays were negative. I, and I also, if he went back up there and hit a colossal home run like that and stayed in the game, I'm sure he's fine. But 
Yeah, really a weird thing. You know, Julio dives out over the plate quite a bit, and guys try to run the ball in on him. So he's got that hand protector, you know, that goes over his batting glove, but it didn't hit on the top side. It was kind of just right on the side of his pinky finger right there. Luckily, it didn't hit the wrist, but still a tough area to get hit in. But, man, hopefully – I mean, we definitely dodged a bullet there. That could have been a, a disaster. Catastrophic. I want to say one of the coolest moments was that I got to see there up close was how excited Julio was about him and Cal going back to back way more excited than Cal was about it. And that was another moment where I was like, his he's gotta be all right. He just went out there, crushed the home run and look at him running up with the uh, Triton and, and getting jacked up, which you can also check out on our socials. We've got guys from all over the world on our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double toll latte, please. I like a double toll latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey duck. duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. You sure do betcha. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But yeah, there were quite a bit of home runs in this series, but in between those home runs, there was a lot of manufactured runs, which is obviously coming off a series where you're three for what or four for 33 against the Dodgers to be able to manufacture this run. Sure. There was a big home run by cabbie on Monday, but in between cabbie's home run and, you know, Crawford's home run on in game two, also in game three's game, there was three home runs in this game, but there was also moments in that game uh, where the Mariners manufactured runs what did they get 18 runs in this in this series some of these home runs were solo today two of them were solo uh we had a two-run shot uh from canzone you go back to a solo home run with crawford and a big two-run home from home run from cabby all the rest of those runs are manufactured there was really good balance throughout the series of scoring runs and a lot of the time hey it's just all about seeing it, uh, basketball uh, terms, seeing the ball go through the net, um, baseball, seeing the ball touch some grass. When it happens, it starts to get contagious. We saw it throughout the series. Yeah, sure did. I mean, JP started off the series in the scoring in game one, uh, followed by that cabbie home run that you mentioned. And it was nice to see uh, Luis Torrens get a start that game, and he – Came in, got a nice RBI double, was able to give Cal the day off, and uh, Cal did not even have to come in since the Mariners had a convincing lead throughout the whole game. And then, yeah, going into game two, you get the lineup switched up a little bit. J.K. comes out, starts the uh, scoring with a couple singles, both RBIs uh, to start the game. And then, uh, yeah, 
JP adds on, and then game three, as you mentioned, uh, the three home runs by the by the boys with a back-to-back and Canzone to start it. Uh, yeah, guys had pretty good series with the bat. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of guys got right. So, uh, And then the pitching, you know, Wu started off the series great, attacked. And then what can you say about your, you know, big guns who you're going to be counting on? Uh, Castillo looking great. And Kirby, uh, Kirby hasn't had the outings that you would want uh, as of late. Still good, but not up to the standards that we consider for George. And then Castillo, I mean, they showed his numbers up against uh, um, Cole for the Yankees. I mean, he's very comparable for that Cy Young. Sure, Cole has a few more wins, but man, it's going to come right down to it. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about Kirby and you're talking about Castillo, they both go out there, pitch seven innings. They both went out there maybe an inning too long, possibly. Uh, I know uh, maybe that they possibly could feel like that, but they knew that the team needed that, and that's what it's all about right now. I mean, uh, if Castillo could have easily just been like, in game two, when the Mariners had a commanding lead, like, hey, six innings, good. I'll take the clean thing. Went out there, got through the seventh. We saw Kirby go back out there in game three in the seventh, which is nice to see for different reasons. We'll leave those reasons alone. Um, and, again, the bullpen, I, you know, when you're in Oakland, the bullpen is, like, just right down from, from the dugout. So you got to see a lot of – who was up? Who was warming up? Who was sitting down? I was texting you about it uh, quite a bit in this series. The Mariners, because they need these games, we're, we're getting guys up. And when I mean guys up, we're getting the Brashes up. We're getting Munoz up. We're getting Topa up. And we kind of got to mix that up and even that out and not run everybody ragged and took care of a team that you needed to take care of. And, um, I knew Castillo had his stuff just from going down. I watched his entire bullpen session and his entire warm-up. He's just he's that killer that we know he is right now. That's why he's the rock. Um, just I just personally just have so much confidence in that guy. And it was good to see Kirby get some of that confidence back here in game three. No, I thought it was huge to have those guys go both seven innings in the last two games to give the bullpen a rest. And then with the day off, I mean, Luis, he goes, I mean, he's a 200 inning guy, George, that whole nonsense thing. I, I mean, I'm past that. Uh, he's going to go until they pull him out in my opinion. And I mean, he showed that before, uh, but he was sharp. He was a lot sharper uh, in game three than what we've seen. And uh, Munoz only, uh, getting pitched uh, for the first time in three days. That was nice. Uh, Brash looked sharp. Topa was okay. You know, I mean, those are going to be your leverage guys, and it's uh, it, they're going to be all used and used a lot here coming down, especially in this Texas series. So, yeah, everything really positive as far as the Mariners series against Oakland. Uh, got out of there with a sweep. Uh, didn't overuse anybody. Uh, guys were seeing the ball. I mean, just really positive stuff. So you got to be pretty excited uh, and feeling good about going into this uh, big Texas series for three. 
get one thing that you did say that I wanted to touch on. We saw Kelnick get uh, a couple of RBIs there in game two. Softly hit balls today, uh, was hitting the ball very hard. So I think this series was really good for him. Let's also mention his play out in uh, left field, going to the line, running over, not over the mounds, but over the home plate. And in Oakland, you never know where there's going to be like rebar or some sort of uh, jetting out, uh, you know, area of the seats makes that amazing catch. I mean, the, the few thousand people, three or four, maybe 5,000 people that were in attendance that night were all amazed. Mariners fans, A's fans. It was a great catch down the line. And you know how difficult it is when the A's fans are making noise that know their stadium and know their surroundings. I thought that was a great catch. And I also thought, you know, him getting those RBIs in game two and then hitting the ball hard today. Um, even though he got thrown out there and on his steal attempt, he, he seemed like he was pretty upbeat and that was really good to see. Yeah. The defense for the whole series was really good. You mentioned his play, which was awesome. Uh, Cal Raleigh throwing out guys, Rojas oh, yeah. making sweet tags, JP deep in the hole, backhanding, uh, Gino sliding around, spinning around pirouetting and throwing a one hopper that France digs out. It was a, it was a really good defensive series. It was just a good clean series that we always hope to see, but the defense was fantastic. The pitching was on point and you got some good hitting. So that's, uh, you know, winning baseball and we'll give you more success more times than not. And we just hope it continues, which I think it could, you know, in this next series against Texas. I mean, we're going to have to hit with them. That's for sure. We know we can pitch with them, but uh, yeah, well-played series by the Mariners for sure. Also, I just want to say you mentioned in the series, Cal Raleigh, you know, just gunning guys down. I think his totals at 21, 22 got taken away because of the phantom tag, man. Cal has just, has this swag right now, whether it's at the plate and especially behind the plate right now that for what he is worth to the team, I don't know if you can go around the league and find somebody else that's, that's like this. I I'm really excited just from how he handles the pitching staff to what he's doing defensively behind the plate to what he can add offensively from both sides of the plate. Yeah, really impressed with Cal and his the way he's thrown out guys lately. He talked about it a few series ago. He was interviewed and just said he's letting the ball get deeper and just trying to make a good, strong throw. I mean, it's hard to to throw guys out now with the bases getting, you know, they're bigger. Uh, the pitch clock that's now a thing. Um the pitching rules over to throw over. Um, it's just really hard to, you know have some success throwing out guys and he has been on a, on one lately just totally just neutralizing the run game something I was critical of earlier I mean he's even throwing guys out when uh, Munoz is on the mound sure Munoz gets the ball up into home in a hurry but uh he's got that big leg kick and doesn't throw over too often and doesn't hold runners that well but uh really really impressed and that's a big deal to uh, be able to neutralize the running game i mean he's won some games and throwing guys out for that 27th out so yeah i'm a huge cal raleigh fan and 
he's just been incredible. And it seems like throughout the years in his short major league career with the Mariners coming down the stretch late, that's when Cal starts to shine. And when he gets that next home run and let's knock on wood, maybe that next home run, his 30th home run will be another clincher. Uh, I hope it comes sooner. Um, but once he has that 30, he's going to be a 30, 20 club player. He's cause he's got what? 21 caught stealings and he's got 29 home runs. So that's something that I think is pretty fucking impressive, obviously for, for a catcher. Yeah. I mean, last year he had those big numbers, uh, as far as home runs, uh, you know, mid to late twenties. And we talked about, he could be a 30 home run guy and wouldn't you know it, he's right there now with 10 to go. And I feel there's no doubt that he's going to get that, get there. It's nice to have a good solid backstop for the Mariners. It's been a long time since we've had one that can do it all defensively, offensively. And he's a switch hitter. I mean, he's definitely a top five catcher in my opinion. Fried bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. The Kingdo days, they had a lot of great memories for me. Where were you and what were you thinking when the kingdom was imploded? Uh, I was watching it on TV at home. I know I get flack for this, but I was kind of like in the good riddance mode. <laughs> you like, press the button. I would have I would have done it gladly. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, and you talk about, at the top of this, a Get Right series. Maybe that's what we call the episode. Get Right, we've seen Dom Canzone get right here in Game 3. Scott sat him down for a couple of games. Uh, You know, this guy doesn't have a lot of Major League games under his belt comes back today that was a bomb a no doubter two run shot that was loud off of his bat also had the uh rbi double later in the game get right for him also we talked a little bit about this earlier jerry kelnick getting a couple positive rbis and some hard hit balls this was great for our outfield rotation also when you can let teo get off get off his feet um i thought that was a very good get right positive step forward especially going into the games that we're going into yeah i mean it's the first time all uh podcasts uh that we've mentioned teo's name uh just another solid series from him um He's been on it lately. So, I mean, they're, just about everybody got right. Sure, there's a few guys that were, you know, we know who they are, but we're not going to mention them. We're keeping it positive going down the stretch here. But, uh, yeah, 
a lot of guys played really well this series. Yes, you're right. It, there, there isn't anybody to really harp on. Again, you have Cabby, who's kind of not had so many things in the win column of late. You have Canzone that's kind of quieted down. Jared is just coming back. Obviously, needs to acclimate uh, the bullpen. The starting pitching, it has been not what we've been accustomed to. And we're seeing all of this. Yes, did this happen against the Oakland A's? Sure. Happened on the road, though. It snapped a, a, a bad three-game losing streak that you just got swept at home. Very deflating. You could have easily folded here. Um, they didn't. They persevered. They did what they were supposed to do. And now they've set themselves up pretty damn well you know at the time of the recording here going out thursday morning yeah the mariners are outside of the store right now looking in the window at the playoffs but i'll take outside the store only being a half game out of the al west and what uh tied for the last wild card spot but not having the tiebreaker but you got seven more games with the team that you're tied with. I think we're in a pretty good spot right here. We mentioned in the last episode. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating about that. But coming from where we are from earlier in the season, now you have this get right. You you, you seem healthy. You're pretty rested up. And listen, the last seven of the, the last ten games, yes, they're tough, but seven of them are going to be – you get to finish at home uh, and uh, everybody that's in your way, you're now being able to uh, duke it out with. Yeah. And the main thing too, just to finish off on Oakland in the series, the Mariners took care of what they needed to take care of. They won 12 out of 13 games against Oakland this year. That's what you have to do. And they did it. And coming off, like you mentioned, uh, facing a bugaboo down there and, uh, LA, the, the mighty Dodgers, who, uh, you know, the Mariners were in the games at times, but, you know, to me, it looked a little bit overmatched, but that happens. And uh, to come back, turn the page, and uh, pretty much dominate the A's and never look back, uh, that was a really good uh, moment for that team to uh, turn the page and just get on a winning streak and get the road trip started off right. Yeah, and uh, they're going to be moving on here, obviously, down to Texas. When we get back, we'll talk about the experience down here in Oakland, Alameda, uh, right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. So, yeah, you uh, you headed down to Oakland. You were there for games two and three, and uh, you took off from SeaTac early on that Tuesday morning, and uh, you let me know that you were uh, sitting right behind Diego Castillo. Uh, how did that go? Did you notice him right away when you walked on the plane? Well, no, um, I noticed him because we were all up in the premium class, of course, because that's the the only way that the rye bread and mustard and uh, Odyssey flies you. No, I got bumped up to premium class, and I had to use the bathroom, so I got was using the uh, the front bathroom, and the lady in front of me, God knows what the fuck she was doing in there. She came out though with like her toothbrush and a whole bag of stuff. So I I don't know, she was in there having a spa session. So I happened to be standing there, you know, in the front and you can only do so much stuff. So you start looking around and start looking at people and you're like, "Wait, that person looks familiar." He looked up, looked at me, you know, he's got those big chops down the side of the, you know, the, you know, he's either got I don't know what you call. It. He's kind of got the Abraham Lincoln kind of thing going on. Huge hands. And I could see the big necklaces had an iced out ring. And I was like, oh, that's Diego. Interesting. I tweeted or X'd out that uh, he was on the plane. Did not say he was going to play in the game. Why would I say that? I wouldn't know that. But I know we definitely got some some traction there and uh, some comments and things about it. We never saw him pitch in the series. When I was out out on the curb, you know, waiting for ground transportation. So was he, uh, we caught eyes. I said, Hey, hello. Uh, just briefly asked him, I said, are you, are you pitching tonight? Are you throwing tonight? And he goes, and he smiled with a big smile. And he says, I don't know, maybe. And that, that was it. And, uh, we didn't see him in the series and obviously they didn't need him in this series, but, uh, yeah. So that's just something to keep our eye on going down to Texas um and coming back up and playing houston and playing texas again there's no days off i would assume maybe possibly could see him uh sometime next week yeah it's hard to really say you know if how that taxi squad type thing works if they just rotate guys in and out for the series or they keep them along or or what or how that goes but you know, I was looking through the threads from your tweet, and someone did mention that he wasn't on the 40-man roster, which means uh, for him to get activated, uh, he would need to be put on it, and uh, someone would have to be put taken off. So um, when I saw that, I've and that's before uh, the game even started, that game two, I read that and was thinking, well, you know, we had no idea, like you mentioned, uh, he was just on the flight going to Oakland. Let's put two and two together. You saw him on the curb. He had his Mariner gear bag. You just kind of figured maybe is uh, Leon maybe going to get released or what, you know, just speculating. But yeah, we didn't see him. So um, 
very interesting. But yeah, it sure got the old uh, Twitter sphere going. You sure did there. <laughs> but yeah, I never did see uh, Diego over there at Oakland Alameda Stadium. Didn't see him. Uh, obviously, can't get down there too early. Uh, oh, when do the gates open? Like- an hour before was not credentialed for the show, so uh, for the game, so waited till <laughs> you know the game started. Got over there, you know, I don't know about two hours before the game on uh, for game two. We were all we just couldn't figure out where you could get in the stadium. Every gate was locked down, and nobody had any information. And then somebody was like, "Yeah, they don't open the gates until an hour before the game." It was very interesting. Um, went out to the treehouse. There was five of us there in in this bar that I always remembered was packed. Um, all didn't help that on Tuesday there was terrible, terrible air quality from um, forest fires in Oregon that were funneling through the bay. Uh, game three, uh, much clearer of a day, but it it still was a little bit lingering around. I don't know how much they talked about that on the broadcast, but uh, that was the experience going into that stadium. And yeah, as advertised, I know on Friday there was like 4,000. I mean, on Monday there was 4,000, even though it started off really, really slow. It seemed like it, it was a, Felt a little busier that night, and today's game was well attended. I felt when I say well attended, it felt like there was more than 4K on Tuesday and Wednesday. I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to say. So I I've I didn't catch the game since it was a gay game on Game Three, but Game Two uh, definitely the crowd was chanting to sell the team. Uh, tell me about that. Was Mariner fans doing that? Were you doing that? It was very loud. Even Goldie made reference to it on the broadcast. Yeah, th- they had it all planned out. People were like, hey, in the fifth inning, we're doing this. That It all started from uh, the uh, Oakland A's uh, third baseline. Uh, that's where primarily... Uh, all the Oakland A's fans sat and the Mariners fans sat behind the dugouts. Definitely. It felt like, uh, like high school or college, like a baseball game where your, your fans would sit on one side and the other fans would sit on the other, which was kind of fun. But when the Oakland chants happened, both sides jumped in, um, when they were doing it, there was a lot of foul balls, so it kind of started and stopped somewhat like the wave would, you know, can start or stop or any kind of chant. Everybody's into it until foul balls come and flying at your face. And if you've never been to Oakland Alameda Stadium, I'll tell you one of the coolest things about it. If you like foul balls, this is the place to go. A lot of empty seats. Um, also, the second deck and the third deck aren't that far as far as depth wise. So it is like a pinball machine in their balls bouncing all over the place. I don't know if they can really capture that on the, on the television broadcast, but it is live. It is stay alert. It doesn't matter if it's coming back to you or it's going to bounce off of something and hit you in the head. Um, it is, it is definitely play the wall, play the wall, play the ball, play the carom kind of a situation in there. 
Yeah, but do you remember during our inaugural season on the rye bread, uh, you telling me about that gentleman that has the perfect seat down in Oakland to get foul balls? Can you refresh my memory on that real quick? Oh gosh, yeah, I remember that guy. He he had he he's actually on YouTube, and he has a spot. I believe it's like right, um, just past the first base and right past the third base, depending on if it's a right-handed or left-handed batter. And it's like the second row, and yeah, and he's caught like thirty to forty balls every season, and he just and he gives them out. Um, in fact, so many people get balls in that stadium that my sister was just given this game ball. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, look, it's a foul ball. It's clean. It's got a couple of scuffs on it. People, there's just balls are not worth very much there. People are just handing them out. Uh, and, you know, even though there is a lot of foul ground there, you'd think, all right, that means balls don't go to seats. It's it's not true because it 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 gets really wide once you go by the dugouts. But the where the home plate is at, it's very narrow. So a lot of things that may hit a net or go straight up at other stadiums go right into the into the fans. I've on many occasions had balls and gotten balls there. It's uh, it like I said, if it's a if you're into getting foul balls and shit like that, Oakland Alameda Stadium is the place to go. And I will tell you, this is my favorite stop of the year as far as Mariner fans. Um, it's such a fun community because it's not really busy in there. So the same people that you see walking to the stadium or outside or maybe you see them waiting for a pizza or a beer, you see them all the time. It's just, hey, there's what's his name? There's Fred again. There's Doug, a really cool guy I met going into the stadium. Doug, Oakland A's fan since 1980. He brings baseball cards. He, he said, here's three cards. And he gave me Harold Reynolds, Greg Pee Wee Briley, and Ken Griffey Jr. And then come to find out on the backside, he double stuffs the cards. He double sides them. I had Dave Craig what was that lineman we had Millard and then uh, I believe Brian blade. So I, I got three cool cards. Um, also ran into somebody that I played little league with high school baseball with, you know, him. Anders Hammersburg works in the coast guard, listens to the podcast, uh, had a feeling he was like, Hey, I'm going to see if I could see Myron down there, ran into him. And the, you know, like if you just went to, any other park, you know, let's just use T-Mobile, for example. You're, you're not going to be able to just be like, I'm going to walk around and find somebody. So yeah, there wow. is that fun part to it. The sad part about it is you see the people that are still coming to the games. And the only people left going to the games are the diest of diehard Oakland A's fans. Uh, they remind me a little bit. They remind me a little bit. Actually, they remind me a lot of Seafair hydroplane fans where they love something. It's being taken away. Nobody else in the community seems to give a shit about it anymore. Nobody's going to do anything about it. We're talking about like the people that wear pens and like guys like Doug who gave me cards or this guy that just gave 
this older gentleman just gave my sister a ball and she described his face as like, here, take this, you go on. We're not doing this anymore around here. You enjoy it. You take it, you run with it. And so like, it is really sad and it's really easy to make all these jokes about, Oh, the stadium's a piece of shit. That that place is a joke. The fan base is a joke. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. It's just, it's more than that. We're going to do an episode on it in, in the postseason. I mean, sorry, in the off season. But like I said, hopefully not next year's the last year in the area. Um, but it seems like as far as what I can get from everybody and reading what I can find, they still have one more year on the lease. Uh, so I would say to any Mariner fan that's listening to this, it's like, we should go on a road trip. The Oakland road trip is, I think probably the most affordable one for you. You know, I live down in LA, but you know, I'm up in Seattle quite a bit. doesn't matter. Uh, plane ticket to, from Seattle to Oakland. It's about the same price as LA to Oakland. If you want to know where the stadium is, just imagine if you're in Seattle, the stadium is at South Center. That's how close you are. You get a hotel, you come there. Yeah, not the greatest of areas, you know, but if you've ever walked around, uh, you know, downtown Seattle, uh, Soto area, you know, that, you know, (laughs) parts down by the Ballard Bridge, you'll be fine. Uh, tickets are very cheap. Hotel rooms aren't very expensive. It's very affordable. You go into the game, which is the most important part, and it's a very intimate setup with the team. Um, the bullpen is right next to the dugouts in the stadium, a la how the kingdom used to do it. Once you're on your side, it's like you got all the players right there in front of you. I think every uh, baseball fan should at least enjoy this dive bar <laughs> stadium uh, one last time before it goes, before it's gone. And uh, these people don't have, have anything anymore. I, I don't know. No, I hear you. I can tell in your voice how much you uh, appreciate going to those games, the Oakland fans. I mean, that's a cool story that Doug, you know, gave you some cards. It's funny hearing old Pee Wee Briley, and then he doubled you up with Seahawks on the flip side. So you got three Mariners and three Hawks, and then uh, all the nice fans you met and talked with, and you or your sister got a ball. Uh, You got one from the first base coach of the Mariners as well, didn't you? Yeah, I got one from Negron. Uh I was just sitting right there and it was no big deal. I was, it was, I wasn't like asking for a ball or anything. It was just kind of like a ball. You're like, here, he's throwing, I'm like sitting on top of the dugout. I'm like, sure, I'll take it. Uh, shout out to Chris Negron. And one other cool thing I got to see today, uh, at least in the series, where the drummers were back. I know you can hear them on the broadcast. They're always fucking annoying. I finally found out where they were, got to see them there in the right field, but. They were back, and those are some of the other people I feel bad for. No, I I mean, they're not like the old guy at Jacobs Field, but they're a whole band. I mean, they're they they bring more instruments than just the drums I've seen before. I mean, I that's cool. They make it like a college atmosphere at a baseball oh, game. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do the whole, you have to bring in a clear bag. I mean, you can bring a fucking trumpet into the goddamn stadium. They don't give yeah. a fuck. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a fun. It's a good party. But yeah, it, it it is a bummer. Um, but there are things in that stadium you walk around when you want to walk from the center field or the out any left field, I should say, or right field to get down to the next level. It's like the kingdom. You can't see shit. I feel bad for those security guards that have to sit there in that hallway that can't see a damn thing. It's just it's old, it's concrete, it's huge. It's a huge stadium. Um I can tell for a football game, I go, man, this place had to suck for a football game. Like for a baseball game, the way it's laid out, it seems more enjoyable. You at least are up close. It seems like with football games, uh, the view would suck um, unless you were in the rollout seats that they bring in there. Hopefully, I just want to say to people going in there next year, if it is the swan song for swan song for next year, uh, make your way down there and be like, Hey, I went and saw it. And, and that's that make your own judgment and go, all right, I saw it. I never want to come back again. I just feel like it's a piece of baseball history because of how many, but just how many great baseball games that were played there and the great teams and, you know, in the seventies and in the eighties and even into the two thousands, the movie money balls based off the Oakland A's and what's going on. And here we are, how many years, 20 years later, and it's they still have the same problems. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do a deep dive on it anyways. I know people want to talk about what's going on with the Mariners, and we just did quite a bit here on, the, on, the, on, on Oakland. Yeah, but you were into it. You got that passion. I can tell. You know, you like going down there. You like the fans. You have a good time. Like you said, there's not too many people down there. You get close access to uh, you can, you know, have conversations with all kinds of different people. I mean, I, the stadium, yeah, you really like it. It reminds you of the kingdom. I haven't been there yet, but I, I just feel for the fans. I mean, it just sounds totally like their owners pulling a Clayton Bennett and just trying to hose these guys or hose the, the fans and wants to move on. And, you know, it's just shitty. And honestly, major league baseball shouldn't let it happen. And, John Stanton should not vote for it when they have the owner's vote, but we'll see. He probably will. But, uh, yeah, uh, I know it's one of your favorite trips of the year to go down there and uh, see the Mariners play Oakland. So one more year at least. Hopefully it's more for those great fans down in Oakland. I guess the good news is here in the silver line is we still got a team. We still got an awesome stadium. It's going to be rocking next week. The Mariners are headed down to Texas. Uh, check us out tomorrow. We're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be focusing quickly in here on the Texas series that we are about to start here on Friday. I know that this podcast was supposed to be in the Oakland uh, A's parking lot, but like I said, safety permitted. Had to get back to the hotel to do this. Uh, maybe next season. Hopefully, they have another season down here. We'll be down here to be down here at. Major League Baseball's final dive bar. Um, thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing the love of the Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners podcast on all platforms. Thanks for checking us out on the socials. And if you want to get the gear again, you hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. Mariners are on a winning streak. Hanno, you know what time it is. 
Yeah.